Thanks, Heidi. She explained my work so well, I have nothing left to say, actually. Um, It's really great that Heidi has inducted me um, because I spent a lot of my career studying a form of sex discrimination that most people don't know exists. But Heidi was actually on to this several years um, ahead of me. So I was kind of following in her path. So we all know about lack of equal pay for equal work in the same job. We all know about hiring discrimination. But early on in my career, some data analysis started convincing me that there was really a third type of sex discrimination. Um, Jobs were fairly sex-segregated by sex, but what was surprising was that I found that the female jobs, on average, did not require any less skill on a number of different measures than the male jobs. Why, then, did they pay so much less? I came to believe that employers take the sex composition of jobs into account when they set wages. You could think of it as sort of like a form of cognitive bias in which if a job is filled mostly by women, you think, how could it possibly be that important? And I believe that that cultural, that that cognitive bias is rooted in a general cultural devaluation of women that then, by extension, devalues everything associated with women and the roles that women um, play. Then, once wages are set that way through this bias, institutional inertia can kind of lock it in for quite a long time. So that was my idea. I spent 20 years assembling evidence um, to try to um, you know, test this. Uh, you know, control variables were needed, measures were needed. I won't bore you with all the details. Um, but I kept consistently coming up with a net negative effect on wages of the percent female in an occupation. Now, people talked about omitted variable bias. Crudely put, they started thinking that, well, maybe the people who select into female jobs are just losers, whether they're men or women. So I countered this by using fixed effect models and showing that the same person, with presumably with losiness intact or lack thereof, um, who moves from a female to a male job thereby seems to earn more money. Uh, in later work, I also used fixed effects, taking occupation by year as units of analysis and showed that when the same occupation increases its percent female, uh, the wages go down relative to other jobs, and that usually the feminization precedes the fallen wages rather than um, vice versa. Now, in the 80s and 90s, there was a really live policy issue about all of this, and it was called, as Heidi said, comparable worth or sometimes pay equity, the slightly broader um, term. So there was this idea in some circles with which I concurred that employers somehow or another should be required to show that they were using some consistent set of criteria to set the pay levels in male-dominated and female-dominated jobs. Um, So as this debate unfolded, I crisscrossed the country talking to groups of students and academics and lawyers and personnel managers. I once testified in in front of the um, U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. One of the things I really valued about all this experience was interdisciplinary um, dialogue. And uh, in my dealings with economists, at least I learned how to sling the lingo. Um, uh, Now, economists found this whole thing kind of a non-starter. They thought that female jobs paid less either because there, there, there was crowding in them or, as Heidi mentioned, because of compensating differentials. And I 
countered in one sense that um, this really begged the question of why it is that the character, jobs that have characteristics that men like have wage premia, whereas jobs that have characteristics that women like have wage penalties. Um, all this dialogue with, with economists was interesting, and uh, once I was debating an economist who will go nameless, um, who said something to the effect that most of the arguments for comparable worth were really ridiculous, but she did have to concede that Paula England made the most reasonable argument for comparable worth that she had heard. Not to say that she was convinced, so I decided to take it as a, as a compliment. Um, so um, I would like to be able to say that my clear communication and rigorous research led to the institution of policies to deal with this type of discrimination. But in the main, that was not the case. Um, some states did reevaluate their state civil service jobs, um, but the federal appellate courts decided that Title VII didn't really touch comparable worth in most cases. Um, we would need new legislation, and that legislation has languished in committees for decades. Um, Heidi tells me that there may be some interest in the issue in the Obama administration. Female jobs still pay less than is commensurate with their skill levels relative to male jobs, and this is especially true in care work, um, which is particularly poignant uh, because some work Nancy Fulbright and I have done has sort of made the theoretical argument that care work probably has an unusually high degree of positive externalities for society. Um, so that sounds all a little downbeat, um, but in fact, while the pay penalty for female occupations didn't really change that much, lots of other things have changed. Occupational segregation declined substantially. Um, the sex gap in pay narrowed substantially. The combination uh, hiring discrimination declined. That, together with women's aspirations, really led to um, a lot of changes, greater continuity of women's uh, employment. On the other hand, these changes are not inexorable. A review that I just did of changes in gender uh, equality types of things uh, suggests that most of these, these equalizing changes really stalled out uh, in the 90s. Um, nonetheless, there has been a real gender revolution. Um, otherwise, a lot of us wouldn't uh, be here tonight. Thank you very much for this honor.